How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Okay, welcome to the show, everybody, on a Tuesday. Welcome to the show. As we talk University of Miami basketball for the next uh, hour or so with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega coming up on Saturday. Miami and Pittsburgh, 6 p.m. tip-off. Uh, at the Watsco Center, we will be on the air at 5.30 on Saturday we'll, in what will be a uh, another gigantic game for the University of Miami. That's what happens when you have the season the Canes have had, 23-6. and six, You come down to the home stretch and you have gigantic games. So that's what we'll have on Saturday. Joining us now, University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Coach L, good evening to you. Hey, Joe Z, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm fine. I'm a new week, ready to go. We have kind of a uh, little bit of a, a breather until Saturday, so chance to catch our breath. How are you and how are your team doing? Well, we uh, practiced yesterday and today. We're going to take tomorrow off and then do our game prep for Pittsburgh on Thursday and Friday. We're going to have a team dinner uh, tomorrow night, and uh, I get to try to put everybody in the proper mental frame of mind to – you know, play a, in a championship caliber game on Saturday at six. You are going to play uh, Saturday's game uh, is basically or uh, for the ACC regular season championship. So I don't know when you started practice back in November of the summer. Um, you would, if, if I had said to you, hey, Coach L, the last game of the year, you're going to be playing for the championship. You'd probably say, yeah, I'll take that. Oh, no question, Joe. We've had a great regular season, a great non-conference. We were 9-1 and one in the non-conference. Our only loss was to a very good Maryland team, who I think will be in the NCAA. Uh, and I, there's, there's something that struck me after our, our loss to uh, Florida State on Saturday. I, I went home. I was just thinking about it. I was miserable. And then I remembered something. You'll remember this. Uh, we played Georgia Tech back in 2013. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a, a Wednesday. If we won, we clinched the regular season. And one of their players tipped in a buzzer beater, and, and they won the game. And then we had to come back on Saturday, get ourselves ready with senior day, which this will be as well. We had to play Clemson, and we we ended up beating Clemson. We're regular season champs, and then, of course, went on to win the ACC tournament as well. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember it very well because um, you had a great season, obviously, that year. And Georgia Tech came in. They they struggled 
all season long, and I believe it was George's Hunt that made the game-winning yeah. basket for them. That's exactly who it was. And, uh, you know, every game is so different. And uh, the other day, we played a sensational first half, Joe. You know, we scored 54 points. We held Florida State to 31. Uh, everybody's feeling good at halftime. But quite honestly, I told the, told the players, I said, look, you don't win anything at halftime. We got to play a great second half. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, either the emotional letdown or the, the physical fatigue, whatever it was, our defense really was no good in the second half. Just let them drive the ball to the basket, make a lot of layups, easy shots, a couple of critical threes. So they ended up scoring, uh, I think, 50, 54 points in the second half, exactly what we had scored in the first half. Yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought your your explanation, your description, and your press conference was was about as accurate as could be. You just said our battery died, and uh, you mentioned that first half, and that was uh, uh, sensational upon sensational first half. The crowd's going wild, the atmosphere is great, six slam dunks, and I have to give Florida State some credit for rallying, but. Uh, then in the second half, as you mentioned, the turnovers and, and like you said, the battery died. I can't think of a better description. We have, we have some major strengths offensively. But the one thing, and I've talked to the players about this all season long, but one thing we tend to do is over-dribble. Yeah. I think actually in basketball, in college, and in the pros, a lot of players over-dribble. Well, when we over-dribble, it oftentimes ends up in a turnover, not even a good shot. So the other day, um, we had forced a number of turnovers in the first half, and, and we barely forced any in the second half, so our defense was really lacking. And a lot of times our offense is created from our defense. And when we're not defending and rebounding, it really uh, allows the opponent to go on a run. And then when we start playing half-court offensive basketball and dribbling too much. So yesterday and today at practice, during the times when we were competing, I limited the dribbles to two for any player. <laughs> and the ball hummed. It moved. It um, assists everywhere. And we've got to remember that. That uh, come Saturday, we're playing Pittsburgh, and then in the ACC tournament, the NCAA tournament, we're at our best when we limit our dribbles and don't turn the ball over. Um, you you never uh, use anything as an excuse. You play with what you have. You don't dwell on what you don't have, but you did not have Nigel Pack in the game. Uh, I guess two-part question. One, how did it impact the game, especially late? I thought maybe it impacted the game more late. And then secondly, uh, how is his progress? Well, Nigel, uh, after our Virginia Tech game last Tuesday, a week ago, um, he came in to see Sam Johnson, our trainer, and just said his knee was really bothering him. So they, they treated it, but he didn't recover quickly enough. So on uh, Saturday, he just told Sam, he said, I, I'm, I'm still in pain. So uh, we shut him down, and he, he was a, a spectator and a cheerleader for his teammates. Um 
And, of course, he's a starter. He's a double-figure scorer. He's a great three-point shooter. And when you reduce your, your rotation, even by one, it, it can be a major factor. When you reduce it by eliminating a point guard, we only have two point guards on the team, Joe, he and, and Bensley Joseph. So Bensley played 37 minutes, a career high in minutes for him. And because Bensley plays so hard and puts a lot of pressure on the opponent's point guard, by halftime, he was exhausted. And so, you know, it would have been nice if we could have rested Bensley a little bit more. And uh, hopefully Nigel will be back. He's still getting treatments. But with tomorrow off, hopefully he'll practice on Thursday and Friday and be ready to go on Saturday. Um also, maybe I would approach this from a from a, a different angle on on this one real fast. Um, we know it, it could affect your team. How did it affect Florida State in terms of how they decided to play their defense? Well, here's here's what I believe happened, and I haven't talked to Leonard Hamilton at all, but I believe when we beat them in in Tallahassee, bad. We we were up twenty five at the half and. You know, I don't think they ever got it below 15. When we won pretty comfortably, I think they thought if they came in and played really hard, they'd have a good chance to win. When we jumped on them again and led 54-31 at the half, they went into that locker room like, hey, we're, we got to come back. We can't get beat like we did at home earlier. And so they came out with a vengeance. And if you remember – and I told the team this, the first five minutes of the second half were really important, and they scored 18 points in five minutes. Yeah. Think about that, Joe. That's like, like a, a team scoring 150 points in a game. So uh, they didn't score 150, but they did score 85 or 86. What was it, 85, 84? Uh, and we had a, a two-point lead, and then – Matt Cleveland made an incredible shot. He's done that before. <laughs> Last year, uh, they threw a length of the court pass to Matt Cleveland, and he beat Virginia at the buzzer right. uh, when there was only one second left. Well, what it does show, and I think would be a positive for your team, is I think sometimes uh, people on the outside will look at it and go, oh, boy, I don't know how a team can recover, but kids are pretty resilient. All you have to do really is look at the tale of two halves. Kids are resilient, and I think one of the best attributes of young people is they move forward. Well, you know, I certainly think we will. Uh, I mean, we got a chance to recover. It's not like we had a play tonight. Uh, and we know Pittsburgh is going to be ready too. The teams and, and players, when they realize that, hey, these are going to be great games. Everybody gets ready for them. These are two top-flight ACC teams, you know, trying to position themselves for a, a good uh, seed in the in the uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, we already know we've got the double bye uh, for the ACC tournament. So for our fans, they should know we will play in the ACC tournament for the first time. We don't know what time it will be, but it'll be Thursday, a week from Thursday in Greensboro. And that's back-to-back years that you've earned the double bye. I think that's pretty spectacular. 
I do too. I, I would say <laughs> at the beginning of the regular season, uh, all the teams, you know, the, the teams that are picked uh, in the top five or six are all feeling like, hey, man, we got to win that to get that double bye. And then when you have teams like uh, Clemson and, and uh, Pittsburgh, uh, who were picked fairly low, uh, having great years and uh, getting themselves in a position to get a double by themselves. Virginia plays Clemson tonight. Clemson goes to Virginia and plays at John Paul Jones Arena. They're both tied with five losses, and they, they can position themselves to even tie for the regular season. But if you, as you go into this game against Pittsburgh, and we'll talk more about them coming up, uh, they have a game before Saturday. They're going to play Notre Dame. Uh, again, this year, you get the double bye. You have 23 wins. Uh, again, this season, you beat the uh, Triangle, or all of them in uh, the ACC. You beat Carolina. You beat North Carolina State. You beat Duke. And you beat Wake Forest. So you took care of, of uh, the traditional ACC uh, area. Uh, there's an awful lot to be proud of going into this last game. It's going to be a heck of a game, and I'm sure a great environment. Uh, no question, Joe. I mean, you know, when I first took the job at the University of Miami, my, my son Jay said to me, oh, you're going to have a blast, you know, playing against Duke and Carolina, going to the Dean Dome, going to Cameron Indoor Stadium. And I said, look at Jay, that's no fun unless you win. It's not playing the game. It's playing well and winning, especially on the road. Us and and Pittsburgh have the two best road records. We both have won seven seven games on the road this year. So I always think that that's a good indication that if you get into the big dance, you have a chance because there's no home games. At least they're not supposed to be. Now, sometimes you play – you could play Kansas in Kansas City, and the place will be packed with Kansas fans. Or, you know, we played last year in South Carolina, and, uh, you know, there can be a lot of Duke or Carolina fans that show up for that game and create the home court advantage. But for us, uh, you know, we're not going to be playing in Miami. We're going to have to travel, and we've played very, very well on the road. Yeah, again, you're going to be – I don't want to get you know too far down down the road here, but uh, Selection Sunday again is going to be a happy time in Coral Gables. Well, Selection Sunday is a week from Sunday. The ACC regular season ends on Saturday. All the teams will be gathering in Greensboro on on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the selection show is the following Sunday after the ACC tournament when the champion is crowned and cuts down the net. So on that Sunday, um, whether we've made it to the finals or won the championship or not, we'll be seated on campus in the auditorium to tune in for the CBS selection show and, and find out, you know, where we're seated and who we're going to play. Uh, before we jump into uh, Pittsburgh in the next segment, again, uh, a salute to your crowd, 7,000 972, all in orange, waving hurricane flags. Uh, atmosphere was great. Need another crowd like that on Saturday uh, when Pittsburgh comes to town. 
Well, I was at an event last night in the Donna Shalala Rat Stiller. It was hosted by Category 5, our spirit group. And they, those students there said they're going to have a blackout. All <laughs> the students are going to wear black. So our listening audience, if you come on Saturday to the Watsco Center, wear black. My coaches and I will be in black. Of course, our team will be in white because we're the home team and we always wear white at home. But it'll be a blackout and and uh, hopefully a, a great atmosphere again. And it's been that way throughout the season. The band has been great. The cheerleaders have been great. The dance team and Category 5 has recruited our students and made them aware. And so the students have turned out in large numbers, and that's very, very satisfying for me. Um, I did want to ask you, and uh, I know you commented on this uh Earlier, uh, your mentor, Terry Holland, did pass away. You coached with him. You were side-by-side uh, side with him for some of the great uh, games in the ACC, probably for some of the greatest uh, K-greatest games and times at the University of Virginia. Well, Terry Holland was like my older brother. I, I was 21 years old. I just graduated from college. Of course, my wife Liz and I are from the Bronx. Terry is Terry Holland and Ann Holland are from Clinton, North Carolina, a real small town in North Carolina. Coach Holland went to Davidson, was an outstanding player there. He led the country in field goal percentage when he was a senior. He became Lefty Drizel's assistant coach in 19, uh, I think, 67. Anyway, he became an assistant coach for several years, and then Lefty Drizel went to Maryland in 1969, and Terry Holland was elevated, became the head coach of Davidson when he was like 26 or 27 years old. And then uh, he coached it for a couple of years and then had an opening on, on his staff. My high school coach, Jack Curran, was visiting him at the time, and uh Coach Holland asked Coach Curran, who would you recommend for the assistant coaching job? And Coach Curran recommended me. And uh, this, this is kind of funny, though, Joe. Terry Holland said, yeah, I know him. I like him. I met him at Malloy back uh, during the season. But didn't he get drafted by the Pistons? <laughs> and Coach, uh, Coach Curran said, yeah, but he's not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> And he was right. I well. I uh, didn't make the Pistons, but I was on my honeymoon, and Terry Holland reached out to me. I didn't get the call. He couldn't find me. My wife and I went to uh, the Virgin Islands, to St. Thomas, and then to San Juan, Puerto Rico. When we got back, my mother told me, hey, Terry Holland from Davidson College called you. And I said, well, what was that about? She said, well, I... I don't know, but I think he wants to offer you a job. Hmm. I said, what? Yeah, he said he wants to interview you. So I called Coach Allen. He, he invited me to come down for an interview. Liz and I flew down to Charlotte. We spent the night in Coach Allen's house, got to know he and his wife, Anne. And the next day he offered me the assistant coaching job, which I was 21 years old. I was the youngest assistant in, in, in college basketball at the time. And uh, we spent three years together there. 
And then uh, years later, five years later, he offered me the assistant coaching job at Virginia. And additionally, I turned him down, Joe. I hmm. said, no, I'm the head coach of American International College. I like being a head coach. And he said, no, you, you're going to want to coach in the ACC. <laughs> and he, he flew us down, convinced me that uh, I should come to Virginia. And then a couple of months later, we signed Ralph Sampson. And we were the number one team in the country three of the next four years. And Ralph Sampson was national player of the year three years in a row. And we made it to the final four twice in 81 and 84. So we had tremendous success together. I loved the guy. He made me and my wife a part of his family. We had great players, great kids. And, you know, I can't tell you how, how much respect I had for him and the way he conducted himself and his program. I never met Coach Holland. I always just looked at him from afar and said, that looks like a very dignified person right there. I told him one time, he's, he, he, grow a beard, you'll look like Abraham Lincoln and run for president. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Ralph Sampson, you had Ralph, you just mentioned him. He averaged 16 points. 11 rebounds, and nearly four blocks a game. Ralph is the most incredible athlete I've ever been around. If he didn't get injured, you know, he'd, he'd be considered one of the top 25, 50, 75 players in NBA history. Unfortunately, Ralph, Ralph was uh, the first player chosen in the draft. He then was NBA <clears throat> Rookie of the Year. He made the NBA All-Star team. He and Akeem Olajuwon then um, led the Houston Rockets to the NBA Finals. They lost to the Boston Celtics and Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. And then in that series, he went up for a rebound, and Jerry Seastings, a guard out of Indiana, tried to block him out, but he was already in the air. And when he came down, he didn't land on his feet. He landed on his back. And he was never the same player. Hmm. He had to have back surgery. He, his knees started to, to have problems. He ended up with a bunch of knee surgeries. But what a great kid, great player, so much fun to be around. Well, it's on, on Saturday. It's Miami and Pittsburgh at the Watsco Center. Uh, we're going to talk about that game with Coach O. When we come back, we have to take a quick uh, commercial timeout. We'll come back with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. We'll look ahead to Saturday's game. Miami has a chance to win the ACC regular season championship by defeating Pittsburgh. They've earned a double bye in the ACC tournament. So um, half the equation is there. They can win the championship on Saturday. We'll talk about that with Coach L in a moment. I know that Ed Williamson's going to be there on Saturday night in his seats right along the baseline. Uh, Ed Williamson, a big, big University of Miami basketball fan. Prior to that, he'll be at the dealership looking for you, and perhaps you're looking for a new Buick because Buicks are arriving every single day at Williamson like the new Buick Encore, a five-person SUV with the style, the performance, and the technology that is perfectly sized to handle whatever life throws at you. Stop by Williamson, get in that Buick Encore, 
and then bring the family to the Watsco Center, or perhaps the new Buick Enclave with an exciting new look that brings together the ideas of a family vehicle and luxury. To get your new Buick, visit Williamson's absolutely beautiful facility, conveniently located on US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto, or online at Williamson automotivegroup.com. Get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle and experience the new Buick from your premier Buick dealership, Williamson Buick GMC. Williamson is Miami. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right back on the show miami and pittsburgh on saturday at the wasco center uh the conference regular season championship on the line coach yell is with us coach uh, pitt made 16 threes again in their game this past Saturday, and they have made 16 or more threes in a game three times this season. They made 274 three-point field goals this year. So I guess it's pretty clear what they like to do. They've got um, Cummings at the point. He can really shoot the three. Elliott at at the two-guard spot. He can really shoot the three. They got Jamarius Burton, who's more of a penetrator, create the shots for them to shoot threes. And then, and then they have Blake Hinson, who's a fantastic three-point shooter, one of the two or three best in the conference. So they've got three starters who can really shoot the three. 
They got Sabandi who comes in off the bench, and he's like instant offense. And then the guy I've been most impressed with for them is Federico Federico. Yeah. His ability to run the floor, Joe, he's probably about seven feet with eight-foot wingspan. I mean, he's got the longest arms. He runs like a deer. He jumps extremely high. He's got great timing. He ball screens and rolls and really puts a lot of pressure on your defense at the rim. So those guys, they've got the three-point shooting plus the big guy in the middle. He can block shots, rebounds, and he's very, very good at guarding ball screens. Yeah, Hinson's 11th in the league in scoring and rebounding, but I thought the guy that may have had the biggest impact on the first game uh, that you played against Pittsburgh was Federico Federico. Yeah, and and then he has, he's not the only seven-footer they have. They have the twin brothers. Right. He has Graham that, uh, that, that are very, very good, and they can give Federico Federico plenty of rest, so he's always a high-energy guy. Is there something, uh, I'm sure you probably have already done this, when you, when you review game one against Pittsburgh that you'll emphasize to your team um, without giving away too many secrets, but uh, maybe something you looked at that Pittsburgh game and say, okay, we need to keep doing that, that was good, or something that you want to adjust away from? Well, Joe, um, one of the observations my coaches and I had before we played game one was they ball screen a lot. And now evaluating that game on video, what you see is on the very first possession, in one possession, they set, set, they set five ball screens. In one possession. Hmm. What that means is our big guys, like Norshad O'Meara, Jordan Miller, Anthony Walker, A.J. Casey, those guys have to be ready to not just guard a ball screen once, but guard it two, three times in the same possession. That's exhausting, I can tell you, because they've got to get out there and pressure the ball so that the guard can't turn the corner and get a layup, and the guard can't hit the roll man easily. And that pressure is uh, required by both the guy guarding the ball, guarding the ball handler, but then also the guy guarding the ball screener. And we need both those guys to pressure, and we need the other three guys to take away the paint. And that's going to be our focus on Thursday and Friday in game preparation. I know uh, you think a lot about defense, but you have been number one in scoring offense in the league all year and number one in field goal percentage in the league all year. Uh, when you have an explosive offense like you have, how how hard is it to play defense? Because you're scoring a lot, and you're scoring pretty quick. Yeah, we play an up-tempo game, and, and uh, some of the teams in our league try to slow us down, uh, but some teams just run with us, and, and that's what makes the games so entertaining for the fans. I mean, these games are exciting, and the crowd gets into it. So on Saturday... Pittsburgh is basically a man-to-man team, and they'll try to show very hard on our ball screens, which we do a lot of as well. Um, And then on offense, they will run on occasion and not quite as up-tempo as us, uh, but they will run when they get the opportunity. But then when it's not there, they're going to set 
three, four, five ball screens in every possession. So our defense is going to be greatly challenged. I always find some of this stuff uh, fascinating also. Uh, as I've just mentioned, uh, their numbers and uh, uh, three-point shooting. But when it comes to uh, three-point shooting percentage, your, your, your team shoots a better percentage from three than they do. They just take up a whole bunch more, I guess. But you shoot almost 37% from three-point range, and they shoot 35%. Well, we have some outstanding three-point shooters ourselves. Nigel Pack, he's one of the best in the league. Isaiah Wong can really shoot. Wilga Poplar is a three-point shooter. And Jordan Miller is a very selective and smart three-point shooter. So that's, that's four of our starting five. And Norshad O'Meara in the last three or four games has made a three. I don't know what his percentage is off the top of my head today, uh, but he's, he's made a couple of threes in the last couple of games. Yeah, he's like 30% now, but in the last couple of games, he's like 75%. I think he's three for his well, last he's, four. <laughs> he's he's a unique character. A young man from Nicaragua. Uh, grew up just playing like in the park. Uh, started to play organized basketball late in his, his um, teenage years. Came to Miami. Went to Miami prep. Uh, had a great year. Then, then it was during COVID, so nobody recruited him. He went to Arkansas State. And uh, Joe, he did something at Arkansas State that just blows my mind when compared to other great players. I, so I was, I was looking at the numbers today. Here are some guys who averaged 17 points a game, averaged over 12 rebounds a game, and shot 60% or above for the season. 17, 12, 60%. Here are the top guys. Norshad O'Meara did it in the 21-22 uh, season. Oscar Sheebway from Kentucky did it in the 21-22 season. Kenneth Fareed did it 10 years earlier in the 10-11 season. Blake Griffith did it in 8-09. Andrew Bogut did it in 0-4-0-5. Chris Kamen from, from Central Michigan did it in 02-03. Tim Duncan did it at Wake Forest in 96-97. And Marcus Mann uh, did it at, at 95-96. In the last 30 years, only eight guys have ever accomplished that, and Norshad O'Meara is one of them. Wow. So this... he, he has a very unusual game. He's very, very gifted at both ends of the court. And uh, we just love having him because he's one of the great kids of all time. Does he remind you of any of those guys you just mentioned? Because when you said Blake Griffin, that kind of jumped in my head a little bit. Yeah, I would say he's closer to Kenneth Fareed. Uh Because Kenneth Fareed is just a monster rebounder. His scoring came always in around the basket. I would say Blake Griffin, bigger. Blake Griffin's like six nine or ten, and and he he shot threes as well as post ups and stuff like that. But I think Kenneth Fareed is is a, a good example of the way um, Norshad O'Meara plays the game. 
I probably should have asked you this uh, 20 minutes ago, uh, but on Cleveland's last shot, was there, I mean, Jordan Miller was right there. That's just a scramble frenzy, and that's a Hail Mary. There's not much you can do on defense, right? Well, after Jordan Miller made the three-pointer to put us up, um, there was only just less than five seconds to play. Right. And all our guys were getting matched up with their man. That's a, to get him, give him an open shot. So everybody went to their man, including Jordan. And what what Florida State did is their their point guard Jalen Worley brought it up towards midcourt and threw it to Matt Cleveland on the run, and he just took one dribble across midcourt and launched. You know, the the percentage he would shoot on that Joe in a normal setting would be like he'd make one in twenty five. <laughs> So a very low percentage shot for yeah. anyone. But in his particular case, he's made some game-winning shots. So he's he's a, a very, very talented young man. You have a great frame of reference, I think, on this. Uh, a lot of discussion about the ACC, uh, where it is today. We just mentioned in the last segment uh, when you coached with Terry Holland had guys like Ralph Sampson uh, going into the league that uh, I, I would imagine – the games in, in those era, in that era, you go out there and there's uh, Dean Smith one night and Norm Sloan one night or maybe Jim Valvano after Norm Sloan and that's NC State and I guess maybe it was Dave Odom at Wake Forest. I can't remember at that at that point. Uh, compared to now, you have more teams, but I think the ACC gets a little bit unfairly criticized. These games uh, give you heart palpitations. Yeah, I think the ACC will do very well in the NCAA tournament again this year. I don't know how many teams will get in, but whoever gets in is going to be a very hard out. And during my years in the ACC, Terry Holland matched his wits with Norm Sloan, Mike Krzyzewski, Dean Smith, Carl Tacey was at Wake Forest, Aye. Cliff Ellis at, at uh, Clemson, Clemson. Um, and, and uh, Gary Williams at Maryland. These, these coaches are legendary, those guys. Cliff yeah. Ellis has over 800 wins. Mm-hmm. Gary Williams is like a Hall of Fame coach. You know, Coach K, Dean Smith, winning his coaches uh, in college basketball when they retired. So, you know, and Terry, someone asked me, had, had he stayed coaching longer, what would, what would he have done? I said, well, he only coached 21 years. He stopped coaching when he was 40. Wow. If he had coached till my age, another 25 years, he would have been one of the winningest coaches in college basketball history with well over 900 wins, maybe 1,000. Wow. Well, um, this year, to show how competitive your, your league is, 30% of the conference games have come down to five points or fewer or overtime. And 32 games, 23%, have been decided by one possession or overtime. Yeah, I, I've said this all along. When I started following the ACC when I was in high school. North Carolina, Duke, NC State, they, they were competing for the national championship every year. They were ranked in the top five or ten teams in the country every year. And... Uh, when I eventually got to coach as an assistant in the ACC, 
we were coaching against, listen just to this, Maryland had, had uh, uh, Albert King, and then he was replaced by Lenny Bias. And Carolina had James Worthy and Sam Perkins and Michael Jordan. Then that was followed up by Brad Darty and Kenny Smith. I mean, those teams were loaded. NC State had a guy named Hawkeye Whitney, and he was followed up by Sidney Lowe and Derek Wittenberg, Thur- Thurl Bailey. You know, those guys won the national championship. And, and uh, the league was loaded with so many talented NBA, future NBA players. And we had our share with Ralph Sampson and Jeff Lamp. Uh, Ralph was the first player chosen. Jeff Lamp was a first-round draft choice. Uh, Olden Polonies replaced Ralph. He played 14 years in the NBA. Rick Carlisle, the coach of the Indiana Pacers now, he got drafted by the Celtics, but that was after he helped lead Virginia to the Final Four. So the teams last year in the ACC, three of them made it to the final, to the Elite Eight, Duke, Carolina, and Miami. Will we have three more in the Elite Eight this year? I think there's a strong possibility we will. I loved Hawkeye Whitney primarily because I liked his name and I liked the show MASH and Hawkeye Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hawkeye Whitney went to the legendary, one of the legendary high schools, played for a legend in Morgan Wooten at DeMatha High School. And at about 6'5", 220 pounds of dynamite, he could do everything in the game. He could post you up. He could shoot the three. There weren't threes then, but he shot the, the ball like there were threes. He was a tremendous defender and rebounder. Uh, and he, he, got to, he got to NC State shortly after David Thompson, who was a national player of the year. And David Thompson was awesome. So I don't know. Right now, you know, there's so many guys that are one and done, you don't get a chance to see them develop. Right. Back then, guys left early, but it was after their junior year. Now, yeah, they, kids who are good, they, they leave after their freshman year. Yeah. All right, Coach, we have a shorter show tonight. It was great. We had a uh, gigantic game on Saturday to, to wrap up the season. And I think it's, uh, I think it's great to be uh, playing a meaningful uh, conference game for the final game of the year on your home floor. That's really special. So look forward to Saturday against Pittsburgh. Okay, Joe, thank you. All right, that's University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega, Miami and Pittsburgh on Saturday. And uh, we invite you to come on out uh, for the blackout on Saturday for the Canes and Pittsburgh, a chance to win the ACC regular season. We'll continue after this. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.